It's time to talk sports. It's Hacksaw's Headlines, a panorama of the world of sports. Stories, comments, and opinions. Now, here's iconic sports talk show host Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and co-host John Riley. Who wants to talk sports? We do. It's a Thursday up and down the West Coast. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Hacksaw Hamilton from my cottage in the northern Adirondacks near the Canadian border, along with our co-host John Riley. He's broadcasting from left field and our San Diego studios, our podcast. Thursday by Dixie Line Lumber and Home Center Stores for the fall. Fix it, build it. We guarantee we you will enjoy it. John, good afternoon from our Dixie Line Lumber Studios. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about going a lot of different directions. Going to probably say some things that people don't agree with, but that's okay. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I think a lot of Padre fans are still reacting to a lot of the conversation going on at Petco Park. But yeah, we've got Major League Baseball playoffs. We've got NBA news, NFL. I mean, this is going to be a great episode. Okay. Our Thursday podcast brought to you by Dixon Line Lumber and Home Center Stores, nine locations in San Diego to serve your fall needs. Topic one, John Padres. Padres, yeah. Here we go. The San Diego Padres are apparently they all kissed and made up. I mean, what do you think, Lee? Is AJ and, and Bob, are they going to get along now? One team, one voice, at least at this point, A.J. Preller's voice. He's the one that held the Zoom conference call, end-of-season exit meeting. There was no Bob Melvin availability. The bottom line, the general manager denies any dysfunction in the organization. But you look at his nine-year track record, it's not been a track record of success. Preller talks about the disappointment. He's in denial there's any dysfunction in the clubhouse. Melvin may hold a separate Zoom call in the next week or so. He was not part of the proceedings this week. Uh, AJ said it was a lost opportunity. He says we will fix the roster. Uh, says we will learn from the season. And for the first time indicated he would consider hiring a general manager. Now, whether that be a general manager that would have player personnel decisions, or would it be a general manager that's just a buffer between Preller and the manager, Bob Melvin? First priority, to try to sit down with Juan Soto and his agent, you know who, Scott Boros, and try to get a contract extension done. Remember, AJ said that this was a three-year rental. Well, they've been through two years with Juan Soto, yet to get to the World Series, one year left on his contract. But he also said, I would never consider turning down a trade offer that would really help us. So there's no definition as to what road they're traveling with Soto. My good feel, let him play out this final year, has another banner year. You try to sign him to a mega contract. If not, you could always trade him at the deadline if the deal does not work out. In terms of Blake Snell, he did not make any comment about, quote, offering him a contract, but then he followed up by saying, who would not want Blake Snell? No comment whatsoever on the superb uh, payroll, I should say, supposed payroll deduction that's coming from 253 down to maybe $200 million. And then he responded, he thought all the stories and all the conversation from those of us in the media about the clubhouse chemistry was, quote, overblown. He says there's no, puts no stock at all in any anonymous comments. And the end of discussion, on we go to next year. So he says, A.J. Bob Melvin, you got one year, one year, you're on the clock to fix this mess. Is it fixable? 
It's a huge question, John, because A, you got a lot of significant component guys who could leave as free agents. B, you got a back end of the pitching rotation, all have options and pay raises coming. They could vacate. You might wind up at the winter meetings with half a roster and still a $200 million payroll. So, John, that's my assessment. I was never going to fire either of these guys. I thought they had to go one more calendar year, but they're on the clock. They fix it or they're all gone at the end of next season. You're out left field. You're next to the fans. You've read social media. So, John, your turn. Yeah, I mean, there's so many fans that are just irate at A.J. Preller. They want to dump him. You know, getting rid of a general manager is like completely blowing up the organization, the minor league system, the philosophy, the instructors, everything. And that's a radical move at this point, especially when you have a roster that has so many all-star capable players. So I like keeping AJ. Melvin makes sense to keep. They can hopefully work things out. I'm worried about the roster. Now, Soto for next year, I like that idea, but there's no way they can sign all these guys and have the payroll come down to 200 million. Just the math doesn't work, Lee. Concur, unless they ask guys to restructure contracts. But when you've got guys on 10, 11, and 14 year contracts, how are you going to restructure? Because you can't push that number out. They put themselves in a tough situation and a tough corner. Only time will tell whether they can fix this situation. On we go. Topic two, John. Uh, topic two. We'll talk about our our friends up north, up the I-5, our frenemies, the Dodgers. Now they're in a position where they can step up and prove that they're dominant. The playoffs begin on Saturday. Dodgers, that's what a winner looks like. <laughs> How about that number? That Dave Roberts number, his career record with the Dodgers – Almost 800 wins, 478 losses. You got the Dodgers playing Arizona. You got the Dodgers with all that postseason experience versus an Arizona team that's really rebuilt and just, quote, glad to be here. Now, you got Clayton Kershaw and you got the veteran Lance Lynn, who you're going to have to throw in the rotation and start. And then after that, you got the kids, Bobby Miller and M. Sheehan. And then maybe you have to have a bullpen day along the way. Dodgers starting pitching is a little bit suspect. But there's nothing suspect about that batting order. Mookie and Freddie Freeman and J.D. Martinez and Max Muncy and even a suddenly hot uh, James Altman. And how about the Diamondbacks? They go for 110 losses two years ago with Torrey Lovello. It looked like he was going to get fired to make the playoffs two years later. And they can be dangerous in any given game. Corbin Carroll, Christian Walker, Cattell Marte. Do they have enough pitching beyond Zach Gallen? That's a big question to me. Your thoughts on Dodger Blue versus the Snakes? Well, I'm waiting for the Dodgers to choke again because they always seem to choke in the playoffs, especially for a 162-game season. But, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the playoffs in a moment. But Arizona, you know, they're kind of on a roll here. I'm going to be rooting for the Diamondbacks, just the classic underdog story. But it's going to be a tough assignment beating L.A. I mean, they're just loaded. But they they know they have that burden that pressure on them every year to perform so there's a good chance they're going to choke again okay we move on because the second round of the playoffs begin after surprising and shocking results in the first wild card round john let's start with what's going to be i call home run derby phillies atlanta holy cow who are you going to pitch around in the phillies batting order they got Schwarber, and they got Harper, and they got Castellanos, and they got Bohm, and they got Rio Malto, and they got Trey Turner. Atlanta, 
307 home runs this season with the real superstar, Ron Acuna, 4070 guy. And they got Mike Harrison, they got Austin Riley, and they got Matt Olson, who had 54 home runs. They got Marcelo Zuna, lousy batting average, but 40 bombs. And these ball games are going to be played in hitters parks in Atlanta and the Citizens Bank ballpark box yard in Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, Atlanta. What do you think? Well, last year, didn't Philadelphia knock off Atlanta? But to me, the Braves are just too loaded here. And um, even though that lineup is terrific, I mean, which is Schwarber even hitting 200? I don't even think he is. I'm I'm all in on the Atlanta Braves. Texas, Baltimore over in the American League. Rangers, lots of experience. Orioles, lots of kids. What a job. Chris Young, the general manager, and Bruce Bochy with the three World Series rings have done in terms of game day roster and then in terms of game day execution. Uh, it's it's a really young Baltimore team. I mean, it's been a remarkable job that Mike Elias has done fixing everything that has plagued Oriole ownership and leadership for maybe a decade. But they're really young, and this is the first time to the party. And you got Texas with guys like Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. They got guys who've been to the playoffs before, They've got some veteran pitching, especially if they get Max Scherzer back. What do you think, Texas, Baltimore? Yeah, I love seeing Bruce Bochy having success. That's great. But the Baltimore Orioles story is just so special. You know, the way they've just taken over the AL East, a great division. So I'm kind of to have mixed feelings here. I'm, I kind of want to root for the kids, but I want to see Boch have success. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I think Texas will be favored in this. Wins Astros. This is a bit of a surprise. Carlos Correa made a huge play on defense in game one, big hit in game two. He's playing with a chronic foot injury. Minnesota has kind of spent their pitching in the wild card round. I just don't know. They have enough arms. And they're going against Altuve, who's fought through injuries, and Jordan Alvarez, and Bregman, and Kyle Tucker, and all that Houston game day big time baseball experience. I, I think. The Twins got through the first round. Don't think they survive. Astros are on a mission to regain their credibility, even though they're a pretty disliked team, although most of the players from the cheating Astros are gone. Thoughts? Yeah, the Twins finally won a game in the playoffs after 20 years. So, you know, the Twins are a fun story to kind of root for them, but the Astros are just so loaded. But I hate the Astros, the cheaters. I want them to lose and lose badly. So I'm all in on the Twins, but my if I'm in Vegas, I'm betting on the Astros. Okay, briefly, let's just talk about wild card week. Tampa Bay was 13-0 and out of the gate. At one point, they were 20-3. and and then their pitching staff got hit by injuries, and they stopped hitting, and they lost their shortstop, Wander Franco, who was under investigation for sexual misconduct with minors. All that, all that hit them the second half of the season. And they get killed. They score one run in 18 innings in that playoff series. And even worse, lowest attendance in a baseball playoff game since the Black Sox-Reds scandal in 1919. Think about that. And they're trying to get this new stadium built in Tampa and have had a good franchise. And they're the two lowest crowds in baseball postseason playoff history since 1919. That's awful. Blue Jays, you know, they they were streaky. And at the end of this season, in the wild card week, 
They were streaky. They left 18 guys on base in two games, and they wound up losing in the wild card series. Boy, that's going to be a bitter pill to swallow in Toronto. In Milwaukee, they had a really good year under Craig Council. Brandon Woodruff hurt his shoulder in his final throwing session before the wild card started. He could not pitch. Then Corbin Burns, the number two guy in the rotation, went in, and he got lit up. He got rocked, and Milwaukee is done. And not only has Milwaukee lost its president, David Stearns has gone to the New York Mets as president of baseball ops. Effective today, Craig Council, their manager, is a free agent, and they've yet to offer him a new contract. So Milwaukee's done. And Miami, they've been building towards this, just not ready for the big stage at this point in time. Miami gets swept out pretty quickly in their playoff series, losing one of the cornerstones of the rotation, Sandy Alcantara, really hurt them along the way, too. Did not happen at the end of the season, nor in postseason play. So we had we had a couple of upsets along the way, wild card. But that's got to be gut-wrenching. You win 99 games with a club like Tampa did, and you're out the week the wild card playoffs begin. Oh, bitter pill, John. Yeah, it's in all four of these series were, you know, two games and done. It was two and barbecue for these guys. Um, we both thought the Blue Jays were just stacked and they were going to really light it up and nothing happened, man. That was just bizarre. But I go back to Tampa and we talked extensively in a previous podcast about that stadium. I mean, does Tampa really deserve a new stadium or should they be a franchise that needs to move to one of the expansion cities? How could you be as good as they've been the last four or five years and have virtually negligible fan support and still think you're going to build a shiny new stadium and people don't come support it? That, that Suncoast area, it's really, really strange. One other baseball note before we move on and get to our halftime presentation. Let's talk about the third team here in Southern California. Yeah, the Angels. I mean, lots of changes going on there. And our good friend, Phil Nevin. I mean, is he out of a job, Lee? Well, he got fired. He was the first to go. The general manager, Perry Manasian, is still there. Uh, Manasian, in a season-ending press conference, said it was a joint decision between Artie Moreno and himself uh, to remove Nevin. Nevin just got dealt a really bad hand. His record uh, since, you know, since he replaced the prior manager is 119 and 149. He held the thing together, but there was so much going on that was out of his control. You lose Otani. You lose Trout. Rendon. They went through three different shortstops because of injuries, two different center fielders, lost a first baseman, lost his left field. The team was just an utter disaster. Unfortunately, he just he, Phil Nevin has never gotten any breaks. He's never been in a managerial situation that was a good situation. I don't know that he'll get another managerial job immediately. Maybe he goes back to become somebody's bench coach. But to me, that's too bad because he's a baseball lifer and he's a bit of a hard nose and he's a bit of a leader. And But he had no players whatsoever in Anaheim. And, you know, the story's not done. We've not been the final chapter of the mess that is Angel Baseball. Yeah. I mean, how can you blame Nevin for what happened with the Angels with all of those injuries? But Phil Nevin paid his dues. He was a manager in the minor league system. I think he was the manager of the Diamondbacks AAA team in Reno, the Aces. And he was kind of one of those next guys that we thought was going to get a job. He kept getting passed over. But, you know, I like the guy. I mean, he's tough. I mean, he granted, yeah, the Padre connection's cool, but this is a guy that's old school. And I think he can, he can have a successful career. But to your point, he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Hey, John, before I get to halftime, uh, because we're doing something unique here with multiple Zoom calls, 
just explain to everybody about how they can subscribe and what we want them to do to share our Thursday podcast and our Monday bonus podcast. And then also at the same time, uh, introduce them to my website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on here with Lee, with your podcast, so much sports content. It's unbelievable. But, you know, we can only grow this podcast if the fans of the podcast like, follow, share and subscribe. So you can do that to, on all your podcast applications. We're out there. Look up Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Lee is on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, TikTok. Um, I mean, really just about every platform out there. So be sure to like, follow, share and subscribe there. And who am I to talk about LeeHacksawHamilton.com? That's your masterpiece of excellent sports journalism. And we will return to our regular format, which includes Fans Forum for all you fans, next Monday with our Monday bonus podcast when we're both back in studio. To a degree, Hacksaw's on a bye week, but he's still doing his <laughs> podcast. We get the halftime, our podcast brought to you by Dixie Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. Fix it, build it, you will enjoy it. Hey, you got projects to get done this fall, whether you're doing them or somebody is helping you along the way. If you need supplies, if you need tools, if you need direction, you need Dixie Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. You know, there are nine locations in San Diego to serve you. Check out the great values every month by going to the website Dixie Line. Dixie Line, fix it, build it for fall. We guarantee you will enjoy it. We're back for the second half of our Thursday podcast, heading towards a great sports weekend. It's a bye week for the Chargers, but it was not an off week for storylines involving the Bolts, John. Yeah, I mean, the the Chargers really should have blown that game on Sunday. They need a week off to kind of retool. But there's a lot of great games that are on the schedule this weekend. Well, we'll talk about those in a second. Let's first of all talk about what happened with the roster. The Chargers hit the eject button on J.C. Jackson. They gave up on the big money cornerback. They traded him back to the New England Patriots. But here's the story that nobody's talking about. They wasted so much money on the free agent J.C. Jackson. He played a total of nine games for them. They not only traded him, they paid $7.8 million of this year's contracts to get them out of there, to send them back to the Patriots. And all they got in return for the expenditure they made was a sixth-round draft pick. Hey, hey, up in Los Angeles, who made this decision? Who made this mistake to give this guy this kind of deal? Is that a John Spanos decision? Is that a Tom Telesco decision? Is that a Brandon Staley stupid decision? He could not play press coverage, and yet you gave him $16 million a year. You paid him $16 million the first year, and now you've thrown in $7.8 million to get him out of Los Angeles and go back to New England. Might have been an athlete, but boy, bad knee injury, seemingly bad work ethic, bad at- at- attitude, off the field, a lot of junk and he couldn't play what they needed him to play in Brandon Staley's system. John, this is a debacle. It eats up a ton of cap space. You wasted a lot of inventory, and you got nothing in return for the guy. Just a shocker. Well, well, the Patriots will pick up the salary starting next year, right? And so by by that point, it's off the books for the Chargers, or is there still some salary cap math that's working there? It's off the books. The other thing, it's not guaranteed. Any of that money from year three on, is not guaranteed. He'll be paid the contract as long as he makes that roster, but $16 million for him? Maybe in Belichick's defense, it's a good investment. Chargers' defense, not. 
Okay, let's talk about what's ahead on the schedule in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this Niners-Cowboys game should be a classic. I'm looking forward to it. Tell you, this is as good a game this weekend as we saw last weekend when we had Buffalo-Miami. But this is a weird weekend ahead in the NFL. I'll explain myself in a second. Cowboys 49ers, Dak Prescott meet Nick Bosa. What a war. Offensive line, defensive line. What a matchup. Both got speed wide receivers. Both got really fast DBs. San Francisco's number two in the NFL in offense, John, averaging 398 yards. They're number one in uh, or number three in defense. His team has only one turnover. Frisco's only coughed it up one time in four weeks. Dallas is number two in defense, 259 yards per game. And the Cowboys, that defense, they got 10 takeaways. This is going to be a hell of a matchup. Thoughts? Well, you know, when I think of the Cowboys and the Niners, I was a senior in high school when uh, Dwight Clark made the catch at Candlestick. And, you know, it's just been such a great rivalry, even going back to the early 70s with Staubach and Brody. So this is always a terrific game. Both teams are at their peak. I think they're playing in Santa Clara, right, Lee? Yeah. And this is this is the only marquee game on the weekend schedule. Now, other games will pinpoint. You got Baltimore. You got Pittsburgh. Holy cow. Steelers are a mess. 29th in offense, 29th in defense. Pittsburgh's offense, it's like it's very pedestrian. 263 yards a game. Their defense with T.J. Watt and all those guys is giving up 403 yards an outing. They can't run the ball. They can't protect. They can't throw down the field. That's a bad combination. Now, this game is in Pittsburgh. Ravens, number three defense in the league, 260 yards per game. You got T.J. Watt, Alonzo Highsmith, the two great linebackers versus Lamar Jackson. Maybe the sellout crowd at Heinz Field will be able to come down on the field and play and help the Steelers. This is going to be bad. And Pittsburgh season looks like it's circling the drain, and it's only week five. Yeah, I mean, it makes you kind of wonder, is this like a quarterback problem? And would, would they, if you could plug Roethlisberger back in in his prime, would that save it? Or is the whole organization doomed? Right now, offensively, they're just an utter disaster. And Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator. How much longer? That remains to be seen. Another unique lopsided game, Rams, Eagles, Matthew Stafford versus the world. Now, the Rams are number four in offense. They've been off to a surprising start, 392 yards per game. Stafford is averaging 288 throwing it, but he has to throw it because they can't run it. Aaron Donald leads the defense. The Rams got nine quarterback sacks. They've been playing a lot of young guys, and they're playing well. But this is Philadelphia. Philadelphia, <laughs> number two run on the ball, 165 yards per game. Number two offense, 392 yards per game. And by the way, Philadelphia's defense, run defense, number two in the league, 63 yards per game. Stafford's taken a lot of hits. He's just made a ton of plays at the beginning of the season. Not this weekend, pal. This this is going to be lopsided, too. Yeah, you know, the Rams have been really surprising. I'm learning about a lot of these new receivers they have that have been really special. But yeah, the Eagles, man, I mean, they're loaded. They're going to be coming in, and they're going to blow up the Rams. You could see this one coming. And I said this is a kind of a weird weekend. These are other games in the schedule. I don't think you'll be rushing to the TV to watch the Bears and the Washington Commanders, Atlanta, Houston, Colts in Tennessee, Cincinnati, Arizona, or the Jets, Denver. And this is kind of a dreadful weekend for NFL games, aside from the marquee ones that we have talked about. 
Okay, let's go from there. Let's go to NBA storylines, John. Yeah, we're getting started with the NBA, and we've had some sightings of some NBA teams and stars here in San Diego. Okay, let's roll through this as quickly as we can. Healthy or hurt? That's a really good headline. Clippers opening camp. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, it's now or never. Can they stay healthy? This might be the last chance for these guys to go deep in the playoffs and have not been able to go deep in the playoffs. Here's a number that's going to stagger you. Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers has missed 240 games in L.A. And Paul George, since he joined the Clippers, he's missed 125. Now, if they keep those guys on the court, then that means your firepower off the bench can help. Russell Westbrook, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, and this weird surprise signing of troubled guard Josh Primo from San Antonio. So that's the Clippers storyline. Lakers, they won the offseason. Four starters in place, ton of guys to fight for the fifth starting job. And this bench bunch is really talented. Christian Wood, the center. Gabe Vincent came from Miami. Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, and a young draft pick, Max Christie. I just think the Lakers look really good to me. Philadelphia, he's there. James Harden finally reported to camp, blew off the media, did finally show up to practice, doesn't want to answer any questions about the whole junk about him in the offseason. He's so talented, but he's so tainted. Is another team going to take him on? And one other storyline, this is not good. Lonzo Ball, Chicago Bulls, knee cartilage surgery. He's had three different procedures, going to sit out another year. He's not played since 2021. He's only 25 years of age, John, and it kind of looks like his career might be done. So that's what's going on in the NBA. Wow, a lot of storylines there. I mean, it's interesting. You know, we've been talking about the Lakers a lot this offseason. So I'm kind of expecting them to do well. The Clippers have been doomed forever. That's another curse that goes back to the San Diego days. But, you know, James Harden, man, I mean, I just can't figure that dude out. So he's going to stay in, in Philly, but he's still disgruntled, right? He still wants to be moved. Wants to be moved, but who wants to take him to a degree? He's a little bit toxic. Hey, listen, we hope you have enjoyed our Thursday podcast on the road. We will return to our regular format on Monday, which will also include Fans Forum. Our Monday bonus podcast will be its expanded version back to an hour. Our podcasts are brought to you each week by Dixon Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. Fix it. Build it. We guarantee you will enjoy it. And again, subscribe, share, tell everybody about what we're doing. Check my website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. We'll be back writing again on Monday. John, have yourself a great sports weekend. We'll talk to you with our Monday bonus segment on beginning a new week. Hey, Lee, how are the colors out there in, uh, in New England? Today is the final day of fall in upstate New York near the Canadian border. Tomorrow, 36 degrees and rain, snow showers in the forecast on Saturday. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Welcome back to San Diego. We'll see you come Monday. Thanks for being with us on Hacksaw's Headlines. Join us again for Hacksaw's Headlines on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And find the audio version on your favorite podcast app. For more content, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com.